What's up, Ding Dongs? See, I was going to start out by being like, welcome to the Side Talks podcast. We haven't done this in a while, but we're going to be very serious about movies, and uh, and that's what we do. We talk about film. But instead, I started by saying, what's up, right. Ding Dongs? You're trying to throw me off my game. Well, uh, forgive me, but that is rich coming from somebody who routinely starts these recordings by uh, hollering at me. So what? Okay, I you know I'm just saying like don't don't holler- don't Corey, don't throw no not, stones in that hollering. glass house there. I'm singing. I'm singing. Oftentimes, I'm not hollering. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. Oh, look at that insult! And I tried to start out so professional and so nice, <laughs> and you just are coming at me. Whatever. You got zinged. I got zinged. Zing. I got zinged. Whatever. Yep, that's right. Uh, let's 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 be professionals here. All right, all right. So my name is Corey Kraft. I'm this Rachel is Morgan. my professional voice. Uh, what's up, Ding Dong? We are instructors. Talk about cinema. Film instructors. We I behave like them. This is my film instruction voice. Um, you'll note the mise en scène oh, on the screen there. I'm tired of this, aren't you? Yeah, I'm let's, very tired of it. Let's get started. Yeah, let's, what's up, Let's Ding-dongs? get into this podcast. So now it's time for a segment of the podcast called Phone a Friend, where we do just that. Phone a friend. What's up, Brasifus? Oh, you know, just, you know, hanging around, watching spooky movies. Oh, hell yeah. Sick. Well, we're you know what we're doing. We're calling to see what you've been watching. Yeah, okay. Well, we, because tis the season, I had never seen it. We just watched Halloween H2O. <laughs> oh, oh, I love this film. I know not everybody does, but I am a big fan of the H2O. H2O. I had never seen it. And, you know, as much as Josh Hartnett was such a hottie in the um, in They the don't 90s, call him Josh Hotnet for nothing. Hotnet. Um, also, another known hottie. Um, what, Judge Gordon-Levitt is in it. I had no idea. Oh, well, that's an interesting way to refer to him as a hottie <laughs> you know, but oh hot. no 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 no, no, no. He's pretty he's so pretty no and i used to think michelle williams was in this but i think i was getting it confused with the faculty oh no she is yeah oh, michelle williams is, is definitely in this, in this. she's yeah. in this. oh okay well how do you not lead with that hottie that's why i thought okay she was- well i would work <laughs> okay my notes my, here's listen here's my notes literally my notes in order joseph gordon levitt dash hot with an A-W-T. <laughs> and then the next note is Josh Hartnett. And then the, the, literally the third note, because I was just, you know, as, as the story was unfolding, yeah. I was yeah. being presented with these people. The third note is baby Michelle Williams with the thinnest, most 1998 eyebrows ever. Oh, they're slivers. <laughs> they're tiny. Yeah. She, they're listen, they got, they, they got blowed by the wind off of Dawson's <laughs> Creek. <laughs> Blew those eyebrows right off. Oh, they're teeny weeny little things. Um, <laughs> what an unfortunate trend. Another, um, I did have another note about Michelle specifically. Um, she was wearing these very adorable suspenders as part of her private school uniform, and they look so good. So, um, oh, yeah, yes. sorry I didn't lead with Michelle, but you know, my notes were based on the character unfolding. And I gotcha. So, you know, I had to get to the hot boys before I could get to the hot ladies. So, not um, they were not based on hotness factors. Correct. They we- were just chronologically presented. Um, but I mean, spoiler alert! In case anyone hasn't seen it, you get excited if you if you like me get excited to see Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, no. you will be sad to learn that he dies so quickly. Yeah, don't get too accustomed to him, girl. Bye. Yeah, don't get too excited. But it's very exciting, fun how he dies. He gets um a skate to the face. Love that. 
like an ice skate and it's all like bladed through his face. It, I think they did really good with his, with the, with the, uh, you know, the makeup on that and making it seem like it was really him who got skated in the face. So slice and dice. Cool. Slice and dice. You know, we, cool. we, we haven't brought up how attractive Michael Myers is. <laughs> so and I true. feel like, you know, if he had just received a bit more positive affirmation in his life, maybe he wouldn't be a murderous psychopath. Well, I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. We should you just know, consider. Corey, they don't call him the shape for nothing. He's got the bod. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know if he's got the face. We don't know. Well, well, we don't know, we don't know for a long that, time right. if he's got the face or not, but I he's got the worry. bod. There is something going on with the mask in this one. Like, he feels almost more, it's almost like he's, his, it's contoured. Like, when you look at it, it's more dimensional than I feel like I've seen in the other Halloween yeah. movies. And it's almost sort of more bluish tones. And yeah. it's got a real contouring thing going on in this one. So he's doing something. It's hunky. It's a little hunky. I don't, I don't like the mask <laughs> in most of the Halloween sequels. Like, they tend to not get it right, which is insane because Watch it's your mouth. one of the simpler things you should do. I particularly don't like the mask in H2O for that reason. Oh. It just doesn't look right. It doesn't look right. It doesn't look it doesn't look right. I think the bluish tones there's something it just doesn't it doesn't quite look right. You're you're right. Um Well I don't but, I, know, that's a picky did. note. That's a picky note to me. I'll admit that. Okay. <laughs> I do feel like I don't know, maybe I just need to watch more of them, you know, back to back. Yeah. But I feel like he gets a lot more leering time in this one. There's just a lot more shots yes. of him sort of leering than maybe usually I feel like he's a little bit more shadowy and a little bit more you don't really the camera doesn't linger on him maybe as much, but this one there's a lot of him just sort of staring and leering, you know, in direction of Jamie Lee mostly. You know, I so, think I think there's a reason for that actually. I think this was around the time when everybody had kind of picked back up on the original Halloween and the one scene where Michael Myers lifts the guy up and looks at him in the eyes. And that being mm-hmm, really creepy. Mm-hmm. And I do remember there being a sort of re-embrace of just the, that sort of level of creepiness from the first one. And I think the director was like, we're going to really go for the balls on that one. Gotcha. Okay. That explains all the lyrics. This is all yeah. speculation. Of course. Of course. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, there were some other highlights. Okay. So Jamie Lee is, she's like, you know, in a little bit of a maybe workplace romance. She Okay. So she <laughs> is, for anyone who doesn't know. She is now the headmistress principal type character of a private school in like somewhere in California or something. And she's having a little bit of a fling with her guidance counselor yep. of the school. And he's played by one of those guys, you know, the guys. What's Adam Arkin. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the one. And um, they have like a little sort of, um, I don't know, sexy times. It's, so it's, you know, it's like, Halloweenish time is here, and she's all stressed out because you know it brings up bad memories and this and that. I mean, her and brother's an asshole, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, so she's gulping the Chardonnay like a lot that day, <laughs> and then they are lounging around. And he, I guess he's trying to distract her from you know the holiday that it is and the anniversary of all of this stuff. And they start like munching on these candy corns, all sexy like, like some kind of candy corn play or something. I don't know. It was weird. It was just kind of like. You think she wouldn't want to see any facet of the fall time Halloween trends like candy corn, but he somehow wants to make it sexy. And he was like yeah. making her nibble on them and stuff. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so. there's, it's weird. You're right. Why would she, I feel like 
Halloween probably isn't a panty dropper for her. And Mm -mm, mm -mm. she's probably, (laughs) you know, she's had a lot of trauma (laughs) around this date. (laughs) Now, the thing I would say is that maybe she could foresee the future and knew that someday in the future, people would be making money hand over fist, doing things like eating candy corn and smacking it in TikTok videos. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Because nowadays, that's all, now, it, I mean, if I had known then what I know now, like, or reverse that, um, I, you know, you could just eat food on camera and, like, wipe down counters and make all these, these dollars, but. That's all you need, yeah. That's Jamie all you Lee, need to do. Yeah. Jamie Lee's seeing, foreseeing the future. Anyway, but, I, I get you. I, I don't, I, it's an odd choice for her to get riled up to. Yeah, and then, um, okay, so some other, so, okay, you know, she she sends all these kids at the school away on this camping trip or whatever for the weekend, and it's, like, mainly just her, yeah. and um, little did she know, Josh Hartnett and his pals decided to stay, you know, sneak away and not go on the trip, and so they're actually on site there that day, um, but... Tony had a really good point, and it was, like, why did she send away a whole school of essentially like horny teens like they would have been so much good murdering to be done but you know what i mean like she sends away all of these people that mike could have murdered but um but it's fine it's fine but then you know josh and crew are there and then she eventually sends them away and gets them out of the way for their own safety so it's just like there's no horny teens getting murdered hardly at all on this one it's very different you know um and another thing I was thinking, like, if she, because if this, this is such a horrible time for her, I mean, I know we wouldn't have all these movies if it was, but, like, why doesn't she just go to Hawaii or go to <laughs> Europe or just fully remove herself from the institution that is Halloween in America, you It's know? a good question, because, but, cause you know what it would have done if she had gone to Hawaii? It would have been Halloween in Hawaii. You know, it's like it when, it's like when Jason takes Manhattan, like, you can't, <laughs> or, or, like, in, like, in Jaws, what, three, when the shark follows the jaws for the revenge you know we could have had a halloween set in hawaii i i I, and my point here is lisa you're being critical of jamie lee about this but i no no no. i think Lori. i think Lori slash jamie lee no matter where she goes michael is there he's there to find her well what would be really good if we did have for example halloween in hawaii like how i would love to see the scene where he is going through tsa and like trying to get up on a plane (laughs) that would be worth it just to figure uh, out. I'm sorry sir you can't carry this massive knife on board. Yeah, there's But a lot this of was things. this was pre 9/11. It was the Wild West. You'd oh, get away right. with anything. Oh, that's so that's true. He could have packed. Good. He could have probably checked that in the back. I'm a chef. These yes. are the tools <laughs> of my trade. He probably could have walked right on with it. Remove his mask so they could check his ID. Pre 9/11, I don't know. I, I don't know. know. Maybe I'm not. Good. I Maybe once not. I once saw I once was on a plane pre 9/11 and these dudes were getting on it was spring break season and one of them's car- like little carry-on baggage I'm putting baggage in quotes was a blender. <laughs> and he was real fucking proud of it. He was just like, eh, "Yeah, you know, Ready here's my blender, party time." Um but I love that it. that blade in the blender, that damn. It's a wonder That's September 11th right. didn't come early. Oh my gosh, you're right. Did not even oh, think no, about the blade. No. Oh, dange. Dange. Man, they um, took all the fun away. September 11th sucked all the fun away. Now we can't walk onto a plane with a blender in our hand. Well, now Michael <laughs> Myers can't walk onto a plane with a giant knife and just it's start true. stabbing people either. So we trade some of our liberties for That's safety. True. That's true. He would look really good in a, we talked about the bod. He'd look really good in a pair of, of shorts, you know, on the beach. 
<laughs> and a Hawaiian shirt. Um, so another very 90s moment uh, was the, apparently the song playing through the credits was Creed, What's This Life For? Y'all remember oh, that? Uh-huh. No, I don't. Yep. <laughs> wow, that's upsetting. Yeah. That was a bad was choice. Good. That was almost as bad of a choice as Michelle Williams' eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. But both of them very of the time. Yeah. You know, they didn't know. They didn't, they didn't know, know these choices were so bad. They didn't know. And one thing, too, just generally, I feel like the score was, um, it was just a bit too orchestral, more of generic score, and not nearly enough John Carpenter spooky sense type of thing that you would expect, you know? Yeah. It's like they did it a few times, but they really, I don't think they did the the good John Carpenter score vibes as much as they could have. It was a little more cinematic. But, um, oh, and I read this fact. Okay, so let me pull this little note up. So, apparently... John Carpenter was originally in negotiations to be the director since Jamie Lee Curtis wanted to reunite the cast and crew of the original. It was believed that Carpenter opted out because he wanted to, he wanted no active part in the sequel. However, this is not the case. He had agreed to direct the movie, but his starting fee as director was $10 million. And he wanted a three picture deal with dimension films. Carpenter rationalized this by saying the hefty fee was compensation for revenue. He never received from the original Halloween 1978 a matter that was still a point of contention between Carpenter and producer Mustafa Akkad. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. after 20 years had passed, when Akkad and Dimension Films, Weinstein Brothers, balked at Carpenter's demand, he walked away from the project. So you, I mean, you heard part of the I, problem, right? You heard, you, you heard yourself say part of the problem. Harvey right? and Bob, infamously. Harvey, I know, I know, I know. So it seems like I, perhaps if we had him, had him as a director, we would have gotten more of that great, you know, John Carpenter sent the spooky score. And you maybe. know, everything you said, I think, is completely fair. I mean, he's John fucking Carpenter. Write him a check. Yeah, I'm This sorry. is crazy. Yes. They make gobs of movies and movies and movies from this. Like, just give him some money, y'all. But that's that's the Weinstein's nickel and diamond, you know, before yeah. they were revealed to be moral monsters as well. They were creative monsters who just didn't want to pay for anything. Yeah, and, they're going to um, fuck you one way or another. But I'm bump. Wow. Um, you know, Lisa, let me ask you, is this the film that ha- I think I'm right here? Is this where Janet Lee's in this? Yep. Best scene oh, yeah. ever, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Best and, scene ever. And she says something like, if I could offer some maternal advice. Love it. Um, Ooh, which winky is, winky. Yeah. Two, which is fun. Two, really, three scream queens, because Josh Hotnet is a scream queen. Three <laughs> totally. scream queens right there on the screen in front of us. Love this. What a great moment. So good, right? Mom so and daughter. Good. Love it. It's so, iconic. Yes, it's I- fucking iconic. It is. I quite enjoyed it. It was really good. Um, it, it, I even enjoyed the Creed over the credits. It was just there was just the right amount of Creed. You, you know, it's just you enough. sank into it. You were like, all right, you know, when in Rome, all right, when yeah, when in had, when at at Haddonfield in the nineties, looking at those thin little eyebrows, and I was like, yeah, yeah, this feels right. Yeah, what's this love for? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I'll give it the one Creed song. It wasn't peppered throughout, which is would have been too much. You know? would, it would have been. Now, let me just ask you: you you haven't seen all the Halloweens. You've seen a handful of them, right? Would I say? would say yes. No, I have definitely not seen all of them. There's probably way too many, and I, you know, I've missed a bunch. And I know a bunch are just trash, but I would still see them for fun. It just, you know, hasn't happened. So uh, I'm I'm not thorough on the series. No. Well, you know, we're going to I'm not going to ask you then to rank it because I want you to see some others, but how excited are you now to kind of to visit some more of these? 
Oh, I actually really am, genuinely. Because I, I think, I mean, I, you know, I've seen, obviously, one numerous times, and two, two is in the hospital, right? Yes, it? it's, it's, the, it's the very yeah, next so, day, kind of just continuing, right, picking like right up away. right where we left off, yeah. So, yeah, those are the ones I'm most familiar with, which are most, you know, very, you know, original and canon and all that. But I I don't even, if I have seen more of throughout the years, there it's a blur. So I this did make me want to sort of go back and fill in and, you know, and see kind of how they how they change his contouring on the mask every time um and you know just check in on some things so i'm definitely gonna i will i will revisit as many as i can or watch as many as i can and i'll um i'll see about yeah ranking them that's a good idea so, so exciting i think this is a great one to to, to kind of start with even though it's not following in the series so to speak but i still think this is such a fun one so yeah it was it inspiring was <laughs> well, thanks, Lisa, and we'll let you go so you can get caught up. I'm assuming you're. This is not the only thing on your list this season. Oh no! Yeah, we've got it. There's only a few days left before the spooky time is over. So yeah, I've got, even, I've got more things. Can't even believe it. It's like we blinked our eyes and October is oh. over. Where does the time Seriously? go? So many films, so little time. All right. Well, we'll let so you go. Nice. Get caught up. Okie dokie. All right. Bye, dude. Bye. Okay. Bye. And now, fast film terms. <laughs> Whoa. That was a, a a film term just zapping through the freaking room. Moving very fast. Very fast. So I've got one for you, and I think you've got one for me. That's right. Do you have any idea what Genlock is? Oh, and let me, I, let me give you a hint. G-E-N, not G-I-N, because we all know what a G-I-N lock is. Yeah, it's when somebody takes the liquor out of my hands That's and right. puts it back in the darn cabinet. And That's right. Puts the lock on it. Yep. This is a G-E-N gen lock. No, I don't know what a gen lock is. So it's short for generator lock. And it is a method of not generator like an electricity generator. So don't think that way. But think about cameras and equipment, right? So it's a method of synchronizing electronically um, or or electronically locking, if you will, several video sources together so that they are synced in time. Okay. So the way I would describe it is is more in tune to this. That's a great definition, but more in tune to this. Think about when you've got three cameras or two cameras even, and you're shooting with multiple cameras, and then you've got to go edit. You're yep. not editing live, but you've got to go edit, and your editor is going to be like, what the heck? This is really hard to mishmash together and figure out what to do. But if the time code is locked on both of those cameras or all three of those cameras or hell, all six of those cameras, right? Then you can match up what was being shot when. So when you're shooting with multi-camera, everything can be synchronized and you can work more easily with the footage that you've shot. That makes sense. It's not easy to do that one fast, but hopefully it makes this now makes sense for a gen lock. It is a pretty fast film term. Lock the, lock the, lock the equipment together so that everything syncs up so that it's easier in the edit to put together. Got it. What well, do you got for me? Uh, I've got an M and E track. Okay, M is in mother. Mother. <laughs> e is in elephant. Sure. Roll tide. Uh, yeah, let's hear it. An M and E track it refers to M standing for music and E standing for effects. This has to do with sound editing. So basically, these are the tracks that are essentially all of the added elements to the soundtrack. Everything in essence but what you recorded on set on the day, the actors' voices, or any narration that might be on the scene. So music you've added, sound effects you've added, M and E track. Yeah, Nice. By the way, I'll tell you a little fun fact about Genlock. Uh-huh. Used to be called, when I was in school, slave locking. Eek. 
but you know, obviously, we've moved away from that, and uh, and that is not politically correct. Oh, uh, we but don't I, think I that's wanna... chill nomenclature to no. use anymore. No, and so, but I did want to point out because I wonder if some sets still probably bounce that around by you know just habit. I bet they do. A bunch of old school guys who haven't yeah. been in the classroom in I mean, decades. People still feel comfortable calling some people a best boy. Uh, or even worse, maybe best girl. My mom says I'm the best boy. Uh, Here we go. That was fast film terms. Let's move on. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Side Talks. We're your own personal cinematic Ego Pop-Tarts and Golden Graham's Toaster Strudel. Oh, Christ back to the foods that should not be yes and if you notice both of these are are monstrous how do you say this monstrous maybe is the best way monstrous mashups yeah that was a little mouthful but because you got the golden grams and you got that smooshed up with some toaster fucking strudel and you've got egos with pop this is wrong this feels wrong but let me tell you Corey, just in case you need more information to decide which one you want to be that the evil ego pop tart is and this is from the Ego Pop Tart page. Okay. Flaky buttery crust. Well, I hope so. Paired with sweet iconic, I, they use the word iconic, maple flavored filling with yellow icing. This toaster pastry combines all the best elements of Ego trademark and Pop Tarts trademark. I don't like it. It sounds like it tastes shit, right? Yeah. And then, in case you need to know more about. Golden Graham's Toaster Strudel, which, by the way, was my brother's favorite little food when we were growing up in the morning. He would get the little toaster strudel and heat it up and put that nasty icing packet on it. And I, it made me want to vomit. It's nasty. Hold the phone right there because I have fond memories of some toaster oh, strudel It's a now. boy food. I guess it, it now. might be a boy food. I think food. you have to be a boy to like toaster strudel. Uh, podcast at SidewalkFest.com. Do you have to be a boy to like toaster well, strudel? I got to tell you that before I even describe what a, what a Golden Grahams toaster strudel is, that I, in my research here, which is you know deep and wide research, discovered that there was at one point in time an egg, bacon, and cheese toaster strudel. No. Throw That's that into wrong, the sun. Right? That's Fire, wrong. Yeah, throw that into the sun. All right, well, let's get back to it. The okay. uh, delicious Golden Grahams s'mores breakfast treat. Guess what I'm reading from the website. Features marshmallows and chocolate filling with a graham icing. Mm. And then I want to step further for you. Mm. I re- I didn't go too deep on this one, but I looked at the very first review because all of these food items, in case you're wondering, have been reviewed by hundreds and hundreds of people because in this world and certainly in this country, we have nothing fucking better to do. We have to all register our opinions. That's I right. Mean, we, Absolutely. We are saying this on a movie podcast, so That's I true. don't know that we have much room I, to talk. We're just one step away from a freaking uh, Toaster Strudel podcast. But here's the <laughs> review. It tasted good. But it made my kitchen smell like sour milk for about an hour. <laughs> well, the people have right. spoken. What are you going to be, the Golden Grahams toaster strudel or the Eggo Pop-Tart? I'm letting you choose because I don't really care. I got to go with the toaster strudel because Golden Grahams were some of my – that was yeah. some of my favorite breakfast cereal when I was a kid. Toaster strudel, you know, pretty good. Okay. And, yeah, I just I, – I guess I got to go in that direction. I don't feel good about it. Because that doesn't sound like a good thing that I would eat, but between the two, I guess that's what I'm taking. I really wish that I could just have the ego. 
like I will just take the waffle. I don't need it in a in a in a form of a pop tart. By the way, I'll, you don't, you don't want I'll, the iconic get, maple no, I don't. filling. I don't want the iconic maple filling. Uh, and I will tell you that I the reviews were nowhere near as good as made my kitchen smell like sour milk for an hour. But one person did go on a bit about how sometimes they want to make an ego, but they just don't have time. How long does it take to make a fucking ego, y'all? Like. 65 seconds they don't have time so it's a delicious alternative when they don't have time to make an ego to just grab the ego pop tart sure there you are what a country oh uh, you know what would go great with an ego pop tart revelator coffee absolutely revelator our wonderful sponsor serving delicious coffee in downtown birmingham why don't you stop by and get yourself a nice cup of coffee especially as we you know, head into a season where the weather's just getting colder and colder, especially on those mornings where oh, you got to get up, you got to go to work and you need a little pick me up. Yeah. Revelator is the place to go. You might even see me there like four times a week, if I'm being honest, um, when I just need to not make my own coffee in the morning and have somebody professional make me a delicious cup. If you can't warm your hands enough by that pop tart that ego pop tart then go get a revelator coffee which by the way if anybody wants this level of sponsorship which we bring we do bring please let us know because we are looking for sponsors in addition to revelator coffee especially if you are a 4k blu-ray company oh, and you would like to sponsor email sam at, sam giving at sidewalkfest.com at sidewalkfest.com or podcast at sidewalkfest.com we'll take it either way Speaking of uh, hot stuff, this audio is hot because of our friends here at Boutwell Studios. Indeed, indeed. Uh, thanks, Brad. You're welcome. And, and uh, uh, yeah, what else sidewalkfest.com at Sidewalk Film. Go there for showtimes and other information. And we've got really great T-shirts and hats and all kinds of bullshit on there, too. Come by the cinema to see a movie, have a drink, get some snacks. Just chill. Because it's a cool place to chill. Tell Destiny you heard the podcast and you listened this long and she'll probably give you something if she's there. Yeah, a look of scorn maybe. Like why uh, would you listen to that? She's probably going to do a shot with you. Let's be real. Yeah, that's that's probably true. Anyway, come see a movie with us. Sidewalkfest.com. Bye. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.